Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. For uh, us to get to meet Fatine from Canada. Now, I just met her. Now, I, my wife, Rosemary, has known her for years, I find out. Rosemary knows everybody. And right away, she says, oh, my, you're going to really enjoy Fatine. So we're going to go to Canada. I want you to know Fatine, and her last name is Grzeski, but we're just going to stay with the first name. That's that's a tough one, enough one as it is. She's the only Fatine in the world that I know of. She's the host of Fatine TV. She's a political activist, activist and advocate all across Canada, well-known in Canada, uh, prayer leader. And she started young. She's been at this for a while. My wife's known her for quite some time. So even as a young person, she was a major leader across Canada. These kind of movements involved in Israel as well. She's been reporting from the front lines of what's happening in this whole trucker convoy. So I'm really excited to go to her. Faithine, thank you for being with us. It's, it's really a joy to meet you and a joy to hear from you. Just tell us what's happening. Give us a give us an overview of what it's really like on the ground there. Well, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Garlo. It is such an honor to be here with you and love your wife uh, so much. Have such a warm spot in my heart for her. And of course, all of the amazing people of prayer that are watching this stream right now from uh, throughout the nations of the earth. What a privilege uh, to be with you. But yes, we have a weekly television show uh, airs across Canada, multiple networks speaking to the issues shaping the nation. And so when this trucker convoy uh, began to mount, it really caught our attention. And the reason it caught our attention, Jim, was because within the first three days, uh, they had actually crowdfunded half a million dollars. Now, in America, that might not seem like, like much, but in Canada, that that really is a lot for this type of an initiative. And so uh, we noticed right out of the gates that there was something there was something that was about to happen. And so we started to engage with some of the coordinators that were getting ready uh, to to like because what they were doing is they were organizing groups of truckers coming from all over Canada, uh, a large group starting in British Columbia. But there were also groups coming from the East Coast. And the vision was to converge in the nation's capital on January the 29th. Ninth, uh, for this massive gathering, um, calling upon the federal government to drop all of the vaccine mandates that they had imposed uh, federally through federal jurisdiction on the truckers, limiting their ability to go uh, back and forth over the border unless they were vaccinated, and really calling for audience with Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and calling for a stop to the lockdowns. And these guys and gals were determined to literally stay there uh, until they got their answer and, and they're still there. <laughs> That's why we're having this interview. So um, I've got some clips ready to go if you'd like to see them at any point, Jim. Um, but we've been literally been tracking this the whole way. It's been absolutely electric. And now, of course, having an impact, a domino effect on the nations of the earth where we're seeing these truckers convoys starting all over the world right now. When you Before we do the clips, just two quick things. When we hear about the vaccine mandates, we're facing it, of course, and, and countries around the world are facing it. We're facing it in the U.S. as well. <clears throat> but it's my understanding, I've heard that you had some personal experience with this quarantine thing and how, how strict they are and how overbearing the government is getting. If you don't mind talking about that, number one. And then number two, for those who are not Canadians, give us a sense of Canada's a, a huge country. It's a very massive amount of land mass, uh, much larger than the U.S., Give them a sense of where Ottawa is, Ottawa, Ontario, and, and why that's significant 
and the convergence. Give us a, a, just a quick overview geographically uh, of the country and then where that particular city is and why, why that's significant. Those two things, if you would. Sure. Yeah. Well, in terms of where Ottawa is, it is if you kind of go due north from Detroit. My dad used to play for the Red Wings, by the way, Jim. We didn't even talk about that before we went live, but that's why I, I know where Detroit is. So if you go about due north from uh, Detroit and then kind of over to the east a little bit, uh, you will land upon our nation's capital, which is Ottawa. So if you can visualize that, these truckers are basically driving the equivalent of, of driving from Seattle all the way up to Detroit, a little bit further. Um, and, and not on major freeways or highways either. Like these, we're not talking like eight lane highways. These are like two lane highways with, you know, dodging the moose and that type of stuff in some areas. So um, kind of a big deal, you know. Um, now back to your other question about uh, sort of the, the broad brush about why Canadians are rising so much in support of this and why you know, my husband and I personally have really felt to pay attention. Um, and it's because it's it's hit Canadians personally. Um, as a, a national advocate, you know, our phones have literally been steadily filled, Jim, over the last two years with calls from Canadians um, sharing absolutely heartbreaking stories. You know, we've heard of families, single income families that work for the federal government. Uh, one situation we know of where um, the individual works from home and uh, but and just didn't feel peace about getting the vaccine. Works from home is never in contact with the public, and um, he lost his job. He lost his job, the sole income for for him and his children because of. And and these were stories we we're hearing from all across Canada. Uh, many stories from Quebec, and then of course your viewers will probably know we have had five pastors now uh, imprisoned because of breaching health protocols. Um, one pastor right actually from our neighborhood in New Brunswick who was thrown in jail for a full week because he was considered a public health threat. What did he do? Uh, he held a church service where some people were singing uh, without a mask. Now they had they had signs on the front door of the church when people came in, but he just said, listen, it's not my job to police my parishioners. And so if somebody wants to take a mask off and sing, you know, that that's that's their choice. It's not my job to to police that. And so uh, the provincial government, the health authorities deemed him a public health threat and threw him in jail, solitary confinement, Jim for a full week. And um, his his whole journey continues on. He's actually facing three months imprisonment right now for holding outdoor church services in a tent. Outdoor, so it, outdoor it's just in winter in Canada. <laughs> so there's that. And um, yeah, and then I, I know you had asked me uh, before we went live if I would be willing to share our, our personal story. I'll just kind of, you know, condense it. But um, it was in, in last fall, I've shared this publicly on my personal Facebook page. Um, you know, we had a knock at our door with uh, two police officers armed bulletproof vests with with guns, you know, they're in their um, work attire and they were serving us a notice of forced quarantine. No questions asked. Our entire family had to force quarantine because uh, we had allegedly been exposed to somebody that uh, tested COVID positive and our exposure was 12 days prior. We had no symptoms. We had no positive COVID test. We were just served with a notice um, that we had to uh, quarantine until they told us we could 
um, leave our house. Now we didn't have time to go get groceries. Uh, we couldn't have any our, of our normal. We have a, um, a nanny, a part-time nanny that comes in to help uh, with our children's schooling. And, uh, you know, she wasn't able to come anymore, just like in a, in a finger snap. But then what really rattled my husband and I is that we live on a, a short street, uh, Jim, with a cul-de-sac at the end. You know, so if you're if you're coming to our street, it's because you're coming to our street, right? And um, and that week we had several cruisers going up and down our street um, to ensure that our children didn't leave our yard um, and go into the street of this cul-de-sac. And so. It's been very intense all around. And, you know, Canadian are, Canadians are good-natured people. You know, we're team players. We understand our governments have been dealing with a lot. They're trying to do their best. We're, we're generally compassionate and complicit. But I think what's what we've seen happen here, Jim, and why we've seen such a rise up of support behind these truckers is because I just shared three stories there, Jim, but literally our nation is filled with many more heartbreaking stories and some that have been um, permanently devastating. You know, people that have um, lost loved ones in long-term care facilities and not been able to go there to say their final goodbyes. Um, the stories go on and on. And so yeah. here are these truckers, you know, they, they begin to say, listen, this is a straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, we are going to rise up. We're going to go to Ottawa. And all across the nation, there's just been this almost like a tsunami of support from people across professional, regional, cultural sectors. Um, the nation is really rising behind this, and it and it is really rattling both the political um, the political structures and and even some of our our media structures. I think so. We're in a real historic moment here. This is significant, and their their Ottawa folks is the equivalent of our Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. And they went there to meet with Canadian Prime Minister uh, Justin uh, Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, and that meeting has not taken place. All he's done has been denigrating to them to this point, condescending, uh, typical of the elites in this culture. So what Fayette is, uh, is saying to us, Fayette is saying to us is, uh, I got your first name right there, Fayette. Is, this is an extremely significant moment spiritually uh, as well as in the geopolitical realm of things. Will, take us back on the ground and give us a glimpse of what's happening. Sure, yeah. Well, let me show you this first video. And so this is real in the tape back now, a couple weeks. Um, this is footage, videos as well, and our videos and photos, excuse me, uh, of literally the first 24 hours of the convoy. And you'll see uh, just the response of Canadians. And then I've got a video uh, of the actual very first rally on the 29th and then another video uh, from just a couple days ago. So uh, you let me know where you want to go, Jim. But here's the first one. Okay.
I'm amazed at my my response. Uh, goosebumps. I mean, it, it, it's it almost chills. It almost produced a tear. This is so encouraging to see after this despotism, the tyranny that's who would have thought Australia would become what it is. And, and country, and of course, you're obviously in Canada there and US and, and country after country. And we've not seen any breakthrough of being able to push back. And here God looked down and says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just bless these Canadian truckers and they're gonna start a global movement, a global movement, and I'm gonna work through them. So I, this is that's a joy. Show us some more. You've got some more. That we want your commentary and any more video you have because that is so encouraging. Yeah, and, and really, Jim, it's just the tip of the iceberg. If you just go on to Twitter and type in hashtag Freedom Convoy 2022, reel it back to about January 29th, you will see so much more than what you just saw there. But let me show you this next clip. So this is the truckers pulled out on the 22nd, uh, 23rd, 24th, depending on where they were coming from in the nation. And they all converged in Ottawa, our nation's capital, on the 29th. And so this next clip is footage uh, from that moment. So here we go. Do you know what was the embryonic moment for this movement back on the 22nd when they left? Somebody somewhere at some point must have said to another trucker, you know what we ought to do? I mean, it had to it had to start with a spark in a conversation somewhere, or perhaps the Lord just stirred it across the country and a whole lot of people at the same time. Do you have any sensing of its actual origin in terms of the idea of let's take our trucks and go to Ottawa? Yeah, well, that, that is a great question, Jim. Um, you know, there was a, a gathering that happened in the nation's capital. I believe it was about a year ago. I need to fact check myself on that. And there were about 400 truckers that converged in the nation cap nation's capital at that point. And it got a lot of negative press. Um, it, we did not see the same groundswell behind that moment as we are seeing right now. Um, but that a lot of those organizers from that very first gathering uh, coalesced with, with other groups. And from what I can tell, there was about three or four uh, main voices and organizers that, that all saw the vision for this, that that needed to happen again. They began to get on Facebook 
They began to leverage social media platforms and things just began to go viral. And it, it really got a life of its own as these few organizations came together and began to um, get the word out. When they first launched, the website was, you know, they were building the plane as they flew it, literally. <laughs> And uh, just bless their hearts. They, I, I could just imagine the amount of labor and work and intensity on, on the back end because um, it literally blew up, it, from what I could tell, within a matter of a few days. Is there a main website? I recognize that it's, it may be a loose confederation as opposed to a highly structured uh, movements ha have a, a lot of fluid components to them as opposed to hierarchical structure. Uh, but is there a, sort of a main website of the Ottawa group? Yeah, let me actually grab it here because I do have it. Uh, where is it? There we go. Just happen to have it right there for you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, thanks, for coming in. And then can yeah. you pull up your own website, uh, Faithin TV, uh, yeah. so that people can be in touch with you and how to encourage you in what you're doing there in, in your ministry? Sure. I'll just have to type it in here. Sorry. There's no problem. Or just say it. Oh, there you there go. go. It's pretty <clears> easy. <laughs> wonderful. And people, if they want to contact you, they can probably contact you through that, that website, yeah, right? Yeah. What other insights do you want to share? Or I don't know if you have more videos or not. If you have more videos, I'd love to see it. If not, no problem. But what well, I'd love to talk for a minute just about the, you know, the impact of all of this, because I'm showing you video footage here that some of it, it's like two weeks old now, a week and a half old now. Um, but so much has happened. I actually just did an interview with the co-founder of Give, Send, Go, and she was talking about how they have to refresh their web page uh, pretty much every minute just to see the most recent number. And I feel like that's the same politically as well. You actually have to refresh things. So even, you know, we're, we're doing this pre-taped interview here on Friday. I know you're going to be streaming it on Sunday. The reality is there will probably be a whole bunch that happens on set on yeah. Saturday. So maybe you can give some live updates. Uh, there uh, on Sunday, but so much has happened since the truckers have gotten to Ottawa. Not only have, not only did they raise ten million dollars, which again it started at half a million, went to ten million. That money actually got seized. Um, GoFundMe uh, yeah. shut it down. They dispatched a million dollars, uh, retained nine million, uh, ended up refunding it back. But it's like every time the government. Uh, or some mechanism pushes back against these truckers, uh, it just seems like the support just gets stronger. And so, um, you know, so they've been there now since the 29th. Uh, people have been flooding to Ottawa. I did some footage. Actually, the next clip that I have is from a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, initially, that, that first flood of people that you saw there in our nation's capital, that was on a Saturday but people are booking time off work um, and, and literally just flooding the street because what it's become, it's almost been like a, a revival of hope, Jim, where people who have been locked up for two years uh, haven't been able to celebrate uh, with their fellow Canadians, uh, have been under such a lid of control. Um, the nation is finding itself again. So there, there is really something amazing that's happening in the hearts of Canadians. And that we're seeing a unity between uh, French and English speaking Canada that we haven't probably seen in my generation. Um, also, since the truckers have gotten there, there has been um, there's been a ton of controversy. You know, we've had several of our federal leaders that have tried to paint this group as 
uh, racist, as misogynistic, as um, they've even gone so far in some cases to use the word terrorist, um, insurrection, uh, trying to pin it uh, with the January 6th event in Washington. It's like they're, th those that are opposed to it um, are, are just trying to do anything they can to paint this as anything but an authentic working class, good hearted, good spirited grassroots movement. Now, um, on the ground there in Ottawa, there people have been annoyed. Locals have been annoyed. There have been complaints. There were complaints about the, the honking of the horns. The truckers were honking their horns as a show of force, and it was disrupting the ability for some of the locals to sleep. Obviously, when you have this many people in a city, it does obstruct like the flow of traffic. Um, people can still get to and fro, but they just have to take different routes in some in some situations. And so there's been um, some intensity on the ground. But what I really appreciate is that the the main organizers of this convoy, every time a controversy has come up, there was a situation where one of the memorials was desecrated. Um, the organizers have rushed to those moments in the opposite spirit. So when the, the war memorial monument was desecrated, what happened is the, the protesters came, they cleaned it up themselves, they put their own security contingent around the war memorial, uh, people started bringing roses, just uh, beautifully laying all these red roses at the feet of the war memorial, and it's like the organizers have consistently come in an opposite spirit. Yeah. And I think this is a real demonstration uh, to the world of the power of the opposite spirit and the power of love. Um, at this point, politically, our prime minister has still not met with them. Um, he, he continues to try to label them in some of the ways that I just rattled off there. Um, the conservative party over this had a major disruption, ousted their conservative leader. And we are now in a leadership race for a new conservative uh, leader in Canada, which would be the official opposition to the prime minister. Canadians are saying we want a voice of opposition to our federal leaders right now. And I'll just finish with this. There have actually been um, two, possibly three provinces that have responded, um, whether it's directly to the truckers or whether they just decided this timing, um, have decided to forego, walk away from the vaccine passports, walk away from um, mandating vaccines on their citizens. So this is the province of Saskatchewan and the province of Alberta making steps in this direction. And there also is rumbling as of today that Ontario may be following suit. And so it's having an impact on the provincial level, which would be the equivalent to states um, responding to what's yeah. happening in the nation's capital. Since we as Americans don't understand the parliamentary form of government that you follow in Canada, uh, when might be the opportunity to oust Trudeau? How does that work? Well, we just had an election in uh, September. So we are in a minority government situation. Traditionally, minority governments last about a year and a half to two years. The only way the government can fall, Jim, is if the opposition parties, which in this case would be the Conservatives, the NDP, the Bloc, and the Green, if they come together and um, and basically vote an, a vote of non-confidence is what it's called. Mm -hmm. uh, it usually happens around the budget, but um, there are a few different things get, that can trigger it. Uh, a motion could be forward uh, forwarded by one of those parties, um, you know, to say that that Canadians have lost confidence in the government. Those four parties could band together to 
topple the government. Uh, but this is where politics, um, unfortunately, comes in, Jim, because if these parties don't feel confident that going into a federal election would be personally beneficial to their party, um, they will not be quick to do that. And so there, it's a game of it's a game of politics here at, at that level. Um, the Liberal Party, as I understand it, could do the same thing that the Conservative Party just did, where they tabled a petition, 20% uh, of the caucus tabled a petition to have a, a vote on whether or not the caucus still had confidence in their leader to be the leader. This is what happened about a week and a half, two weeks ago now. Um, and they voted that they had lost confidence in their leader. And so the Conservative Party themselves ousted the leader. Now, the Liberal Party could do that. They, The Liberal Party internally, um, now that doesn't mean that the, the Liberal Party would still be in power, but it would just trigger a, a new leadership race for the Liberal Party. Um, and, you know, who knows what would happen on the other side of that. Uh, there might be other mechanisms that could be pulled that I'm not aware of, but those are the two that I am aware of, Jim. Georgina, I'm so grateful for you coming on. Thank you for your time. Uh, the phrase that jumped off the table at me was when you said a revival of hope, a revival of hope for Canadians. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray this truly is a revival of hope, a biblically grounded hope for the Canadians, for our Canadian brothers and sisters, as they trigger something around the globe that we so desperately have needed. Thank you for raising them up. Thank you for Fatine and her report and her ministry and what she is doing there in Canada. I pray blessings upon her and protection upon her and her family. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being on with us, Fabine. Thank you, Jim. Hey, do you want to end with a video of what was happening on the streets? Let's Just do it. I a couple days ago. Let me see if I can get back here and find it. Uh, this this is a video just from, um, you know, just two days ago or less. lot to make a preacher speechless that that is astounding if you tried to plan this it would take three years of planning and 25 million dollar budget 
And this is spontaneously, organically stirred by the spirit of the living God. So long as they'll keep the outside agitators and, and the people shun from sabotaging this movement, God is going to continue to bless this in profound ways. Faithine, thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. And thank you for your prayers for our nation. We, we really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.